everyone. We just want to let you know that the Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon and Cool Hockey for the NHL Draft Lottery Contest. So uh, here's how you enter. You go to tankathon.com slash NHL. You click Sim Lottery to create a 15-team simulation. You then screenshot your favorite outcome, and then you submit your entry by commenting with it below the post. Uh, you can find that post on the Hockey Podcast Network's Twitter page, as well as retweet it on ours. Uh, and then what you do is you make sure to tag a friend and retweet the post, uh, one entry per account. If you get all 15 teams correct, uh, you can win a $200 gift card courtesy of CoolHockey.com. And uh, for all other rules and information, uh, check out the Hockey Podcast Network's Twitter page. Thanks, everyone, and uh, enjoy the episode. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. to another episode of the Grip for 60 podcast, uh, inconsistent edition. Uh, my name is Connor Farrell, you can call me TC. Um, I'm joined, well, live here in Jacksonville by my brother who refuses to speak. Hey everyone, it's TCJ. Brendan, as per usual, just from a different location. Just from a different location. We're in the same room. Finally. We're never in the same room. Um, yeah, I was just like, you, I kept leaving gaps in there for you to say something. You just kept giving me the motion to keep well, going. Usually you go, well, I'm TC, well, I'm Connor. Try, try to be a little more fluid here. Um, try and be more fluid by not saying your name. No, I'm telling you to try to be more fluid. Roll with the punches. I really wish you weren't so awkward, bud. Um, so, the Jets did that hockey, and then they did not do that hockey. Perfect. All right, we can stop recording. That's it. Thanks, everyone, for <laughs> listening. Um, yeah, I mean... Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, we can say that the Jets are 1-1 one one in their last two games. Y yes. Okay. Um, you know, shutting out the Capitals is cool. Really cool. Uh, losing to the Oilers in regulation is not cool. No. No, that's 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 the loss that's really going to hurt them, I think. Well, any loss would, but I think that one in particular... But we can talk about that Capitals game, because as someone who watches the Metropolitan Division, it's really weird to see the Capitals start to struggle, just in general. I mean, not quite so much as they, the Penguins are struggling, but, like, I don't know. It's, again, 
you know, after watching the Jets go down 3 nothing to the Capitals in the first game, you know, I thought, uh, you know, this these are two very different teams. One of these teams could possibly win the Cup. The other pretends it's a playoff team. And then the Jets scored three goals, tied it, went to shootout and lost in shootout against a ridiculously talented shootout team. Um, and then today scored three more goals and didn't allow any. Is this team good or are they bad? They're still bad. They're still bad. But sometimes they get results like 3 nothing that make me think they're good. I still think they're not great. Better as of late, but still not great. Okay. Why are they bad? Why are they still bad? I mean, you you know what my usual thoughts are. Their shot rates still aren't great, Mm -hmm. and their expected goals numbers are better to not talk about. You know. But Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley scored goals, and they assisted each other. That's cool. That's great. They still don't play any defense is the problem. The, the, the Capitals didn't score. Just completely infallible logic. I, I <laughs> Look, I mean, oh, no, they were out. They were outshot by two shots on goal in this game. Two shots on goal against one of the best teams in the league. The only difference as far as shooting. And in fact, if you look at natural stat trick, they were the the Corsi at 5 on 5 pretty even throughout the game. Right. But I mean, I'm just saying that like I haven't seen like this dramatic shift of like oh hey, the Jets are definitely a playoff team, right? Like I've just seen this like shift to we generally resemble an NHL-caliber team, as opposed to earlier in the year where they were just, like, crossing their fingers and hoping for the best from Connor Hellebuck. So the, I think there is a progression, but at the same time, it's just such an inconsistent team because you go from this game against the Capitals where Dmitry Kulikov scored. hey uh, Once again, Dmitry Kulikov is one of those players that's, like, if they score... Like, the other team just automatically has to disqualify. <laughs> Look, I think I found Kulikov's goal. Yep. Point shots. Point, point shots work. Okay. Watch the game, nerd. I'm good. You should watch the game, though. I mean, yes, I, I do watch the games. I just don't well. go. But my eye test. Look, you, you have to eye test a, a, every now and then. Right, but I'm just saying I don't use it as like a fallback, or as like a, as like a, I'm right, everybody else is wrong sort of deal. I kind of like the fact that they put um, Shifley and Wheeler back together. I feel like that was working better than what they were doing, which was like Kyle Connor. Shifley and um, Line A. Right. That line... That did not... I mean, they... That line needs to just stop existing, yes. Um, I mean, Shifley's just been PDOing the entire year, so... 
<laughs> Are you hot? I'm not... I don't think I'm quite ready to use the hot take that I really want to use quite yet. Okay. I think I... I there are some, still some more thoughts that need to develop in this hot take that I'm developing. This Mark Shively hot take that I'm developing. I don't know. I'm just sort of... I'm not trying to find the right word. I wouldn't say annoyed, right? But... You know, Shiley doesn't have great expected goals numbers. Nah. But they're scoring at, like, 18% with him on the ice. At least it was, like, the last time I checked. And, uh, yeah, that's, um... I mean, like, it's good. Like, it's good to score goals. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, they're, like there's overachieving, and then there's, like, super-duper overachieving. And Mark Shiley is at that point of, like... Super duper overachieving, but but Brendan, he's an NHL All Star. Okay, I actually saw somebody um, like put together a Team Canada list. Oh boy! And had like Shifley as like the third or fourth line center. I think it was the fourth line center. I hate that. No, I'm just like, did you just take the Canadian centers and then? But you like? Did you just take all of the centers, filter them by uh, by, goals. by nation, by nation, and, and then, then sort by points? Because yeah. it was like, I guess not, because Crosby was the second center, but it was like who's like David Cro- Crosby uh, and then Tavares. I still think Crosby would be my number one C. Also, you know, you know who was absent? Was it Kyle Connor? Sean Couturier. Sean. Hmm. Sean Couturier is a better center than Mark Shifley. And it's yeah. not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Who's the third C? Tavares. I think I would Also, it. you guessed Kyle Connor, who's from Michigan. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. Was For like, some reason, he doesn't register as... as Connor Hellebuck, I didn't even realize, was American. Come on, dude. Figure it out. I guess I, I need to get more in touch with the Connors. And it's I gotta... Yeah, how are they not, like, your favorite players at this point? I don't know. It's because Nick Ellers plays such a pretty game. Okay, time out. Can we talk about some quality content from Nick Ellers? Oh, absolutely. That beautiful exchange for for candy for a puck? Yes. I don't even know what kind of candy it was. Judging by the box, it might have been, like, Nerds or something. There looked like there were two different kinds, and he goes, that one. Yeah, he points the, the the box, and the kid flips the box to him, and then he flips the puck to the kid. I'm just amazing. Just very wholesome content. Very wholesome content. Oh show. Um, yeah. What a guy. You just got you just gotta love Nick Ellers. Mm. One of the very few good things this team has going for. Mm. How long can we can we just how many times in this season can we just talk about how great Nick Ellers is without sounding like we've run out of content ideas? Yeah, it's fine because we're making it for the rest of the hockey world not talking about Nick Ellers. Mm. Yeah, I feel like Nick Ellers is one of the best kept secrets in the national. Oh, absolutely. League. Right. Absolutely. I I still say he should have been. The all-star from the Jets, but, you Thank know. You. He doesn't have that superstar power, marketability. Right, how, like, how? 
Tell me how, other than the fact that the media isn't talking about him. What well, else can he possibly do? Shifley's a good old Canadian boy, and Shifley also oh, has, like, goodness. approximately a billion points. So does Nick Ellers. He has 52. That's not That's not what Mark Shifley has. What does Mark Shifley have? Give me a second. Mark Shifley has 70. Oh, he does. <laughs> I was like, I know it's that. So I, know, he I, was does. Like, I was like, I know it's over a point per game. <laughs> that's insane. Okay. That's actually really, really good. Okay, but even if you say he's massively overproducing, how can you hate on that point production? I'm not saying that, like, points are bad. But I also don't like them as, like, the definitive measure of, like, who's the best player in the league. Right? Like, McDavid and Dreisaitl are fantastic players. Yeah. Like, I still hold McDavid as the best player in the league. But Mm. neither of them play defense. Like, you look at the Oilers' numbers when they're on the ice, there is no defense happening. But that, but, and I guess my problem with points is that there's no casual, like, good casual measure of defense Mm. other than plus minus, which, please don't let me get started on plus minus. Like, there's no defensive version of points. Right. You don't get defensive goals. Right. The only people with goals saved above average are goalies. Hmm. But you said casual, and that's... Hard enough to explain know, yeah. for goaltending. But Dreisaitl, man. Not fair. Dreisaitl! <laughs> Doesn't he have like 100 points now? Yeah, I think he, last night he hit 102 because he had three Fuck. points. So he had, yeah, he had points 100 through 102 last night. It's last night when we were recording this. So don't don't hate me about that. I, I kind of want to root for him just because he's German, and we don't get enough German hockey players. And I think that's good to grow the game in Germany. Um, I think that's, just that's fair. Well, I, I, see, I see Germany as like a, I don't want to say like a rising power, but they're definitely right. getting better. Yeah, don't want to talk about the last time Germany was a rising power. Okay. Um... um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I guess the thought is, I don't know, I'm losing I, my train of thought as well. 41 shots from the Jets compared to 22. Oh, yes, that's where I was going. Uh, the Jets got out-jetted by the Oilers. <laughs> did, did, we get, did we get hellabucked by Mike Smith? Yes. Did Mike Smith hellabuck us? Actually, not... Yeah, actually, yes. I keep getting confused because you know the Flames and the Oilers oh, did yeah. the Alberta swap of their goaltenders, the and I keep forgetting which one was actually on which. The Alberta alteration. But I was like, yeah. So Smith was on the Flames last year, so he's on the Oilers. Allocation. The Alberta alternative allocation. Okay. Cool. I'm sorry, Alberta swap just didn't do it for me. I had to get the alliteration. What is, what is the uh, Albertan exchange rate on goalies? It's apparently one for one. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be talking about. Exciting. I shouldn't be talking about the Oilers and using the words one for one. But yikes. Okay. <laughs> yikes. Listen, that was a good one. I uh, I'm not going to hear any other arguments. Yeah.
What are you giving me that base for? That was good. I mean, can you imagine if this team still had Taylor Hall, though? Yeah. Remember when Taylor Hall was supposed to fix the Coyotes? Yeah. I mean, I still don't think... They, I mean, they still wouldn't have depth. But, like... They could have been... Like, right now I feel like the Oilers are a team that thinks they're a playoff team. Because they're in a crappy division. Right, everybody minus the California teams in that division thinks they're a playoff. If team. they had Taylor Hall, I would say, yeah, they're legitimately a playoff team, but they still don't have, they still wouldn't have the depth to really be competitive, I guess. Though it would to be, be a funny, true competitor. It would be funny to see the Oilers just load up one line with Hall, Drysaitel, and McDavid just for like no and reason. Apparently, after that, after that SCU, it has to fit in somewhere. Hmm, that's fair. Nothing to see you. Nothing to see you, yeah. That's, that, that's the name. Nothing to see you. I know, but I felt like I was... Couldn't get the cadence correct. Yeah, you did, you did a decent job. No, thanks. I didn't go very much. But yeah, no. Uh, Pacific Division. Giant mess. Garbage. Vegas basically just screwed around for half the year and has taken control. <laughs> With the leadership of Peter DeBoer. He's actually doing a pretty decent job over there, but... Mm. So here's... I, mean, I guess we'll get to this... Um, well, actually... I guess we'll get to this more in the next episode, but... Here's why losing this game really hurts. The Jets, I've, the last time I saw, they were one point out of wild card spot, but right behind them was the Minnesota Wild, who have three games in hand. Three games in hand and a point behind. Yeah. And we've got a loss to the Oilers on a record now. And, and now they're tied to, now they're tied with Nashville in, in Arizona, but Nashville has uh, three games in hand, and uh, but Nashville does have one fewer regulation win. Though. Well, and Arizona can finish third in the division. I feel like this is the year where we, like, this Western Conference race is definitely the year that we totally deserve a game 83. <laughs> like, you know when we almost had that between the Flyers and the Panthers a couple years yeah. ago? We need, we need like, primetime television to watch, like, have the entire hockey world watch, like, the Coyotes and the Flames play each other for the final spot oh or something. Oh my goodness. The Oilers are going to have home ice advantage in the first round, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's unreal. As it currently stands, yeah. They're sitting ahead of the Canucks. That's dumb. I'm telling you, this is like 2014-15 when the Jets and the Canucks made the playoffs and the Flames did as well and everyone like lost their mind but really in like looking back on it, it was really just because like the Sharks and the Kings sucked that year and like people actually had to like you need you still need eight teams to make the playoffs. <laughs> so it just, so it just like so moved down. everybody up two pegs and then you know like so Anaheim just like cakewalked through the first two rounds. The sport is so dumb. It, it's 
hilariously dumb, but also chaotic in that sense. Um, and again, the, I guess the, the trend continues that teams are shooting directly in front of Connor Hellebuck all the time. Defense. We don't have it. They're all hurt. Everyone is hurt. I mean, even the ones that are hurt still aren't good. Hey. Thank you. But is he... I don't know. He's had a, a pretty not great start so far. I mean, obviously, like, you know, small sample size alert, but well, still yeah. not what I would want. All of the forward lines for the Jets had an expected goals 4% above 50%, except for Ellers, Eakin, Appleton. That's generally what happens when you dominate shot share. I'm just, just throwing that out there. I, this, I mean, this is a game that the Jets probably should have won. And they just, they got, they got hella bucked by Mike Smith. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the numbers now, and, um, I mean, the Jets did out-attempt them pretty badly, but they were also still behind in expected goals, now that I looked. How? Uh, because the Jets took a shit ton of point shots. Oh. Wait, that's not the same. Am I not? This is the same game. What are you looking at? Oh. Oh, it is the same game. It is the same game. Yeah, leave the stats to me. Okay, fine. Alright, what does stats say, stat man? Uh, I mean, I, I guess really the big thing was the first period. Mm -hmm. Where the Jets were out-attempted 23-18. Yeah, there were a lot of shot attempts in this game, too. And the expected goals were 1.25 to 0.54 in favor of the Oilers. The Oilers did get one goal in that period, so yes. The Oilers had 11 high-danger chances compared to the Jets' three. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Um, they had more in that period than they had, like, the rest of the game. They had four for the entirety of the rest of the game. So the Jets still aren't getting the puck to dangerous spots and getting the puck to where goals are scored. Sorry, I wasn't talking about the Jets. I was still talking about the Oilers. Oh, The Oilers had 15 high-danger chances, and 11 of them came in the first period. Well, they only scored... Is this only 5-on-5? Five five? This is only 5-on-5. Five five. Mm, they didn't score a 5-on-5 goal. And according to natural stature. They didn't score a 5-on-5 five five goal in that first period, so that wouldn't be a decider for the game, I don't, wouldn't think. No, but I just felt like throwing that out there. Cause I no, it's, it it's interesting. Fun info. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was after that period where the Jets like actually like took over. Because they out-attempted Edmonton 37-20 to 20 for the rest of the game. Yeah, and that'll do it. Just doing some quick maths. They had quick the, maths! Uh, they had the expected goals advantage after that. So, rough beginning, but better-ish in periods 2 and 3. But yeah, you know, maybe they should have at least like gotten a point or, you know, just play better in the first period. <laughs> just play better in the first period. Just, you know. I mean, my, listen. Do you if I were following Reese, hockey games. If I were following Reese, I would just walk in. I'd be like, all right, these are the adjustments we're going to make. And it just says, like, be better. Yeah, just be better, guys. Like, I, How I, hard I is this? Yeah, I don't know why coaching is Why so do we need an hour every week to discuss be better? 
I don't know. We should stop the recording now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this is the second time we're stopping. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the the podcast is, uh, Jets were good. Jets were bad. Be better. Cool. All right. <laughs> no. We still got done. We still got to keep going because it's still tough. Still stuff we need to talk about. Is it Leon Dreisaitl's? Potentially. The Leon. Potentially. Leon Hart Trophy candidate. My goodness. To you, is he the Hart Trophy winner? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I haven't thought about the Hart Trophy yet at all. Okay, if you had to like pick somebody now, do I have to pick someone now? Yeah. I don't. I don't get time to think about this. All right, fine. I'll, I'll talk for a little bit. You can think about it. Oh my goodness. Fine. I'll pick Drysaddle. I don't know who else I would pick, really. Okay. Did you want me to pick Panarin? Because I'm not going to. All right. Here's a here's a better question, man. Okay. Um. Putting aside your bias against the Rangers, would you be yep. okay with having a Hart Trophy winner that was? Out of the playoffs. See, this is this is gonna be tricky because I know what I've said in the past. Okay. Uh, I'm calling this the Connor David rule. So. Right, I know, and I know this is exactly what you're getting at—that he should have won the Hart Trophy a few years ago. But there were other players that were having such great years as well that could have gotten recognition. My argument was also going to be that Leon Dreisaitl isn't even the best player on his team. But <sighs> yeah. so you still want you still want to give the Hart Trophy to McDavid? I yes, yes. I I don't want to punish McDavid for being hurt, but I mean. There isn't a, there isn't a huge difference between their difference their seasons and Drysaddle has been doing it the full season. My only problem is that we might give it to Drysaddle because he played well for like four games when McDavid was out, which is fine. But like I don't feel comfortable like giving. Drysaddle, the the heart. Well, then here's here's my question. All right, are you just sorting by points? How That's, else? Are, how are you deciding this? How are you? Deciding I'm not. I'm not just sorting by points. I under. I mean, and I understand, but how are you? How are you deciding between McDavid or Drysaddle? I mean, just watch the games. Come on. Oh my goodness. I mean, Connor McDavid is just a better player. I don't know how else to phrase it other than he's yeah, just the better player. He is the. But who's having the better season? I would still say Connor McDavid. And that would be fair, I would say. But, like, how big is that difference, really? I don't think it's as big as, like, previous years. Right? Like, if you talked about Leon Dreisaitl last year. And we're like, hey, he's going to be the Hart Trophy candidate. Right. I think people would be like, no, he's You're not. Crazy. Like, he's a good player, but no, yeah. he's not. You know? Um, I have a... I don't know. I just sort of get the feeling that, like, McDavid's performance would be the same without Dreisaitl. Maybe have a few fewer points because he doesn't have a lethal finisher like like Dreisaitl on his side. But um, I don't know about... Dreisaitl over the course of a full season. 
I know that the Oilers just played a stretch without Connor McDavid, and Dreisaitl is very good in that stretch, but still. Hmm. I'm also wondering if we ever just get to the point where we just merge the Art Ross with the Hart Trophy, so. No, that's not fun. It's no fun. Because I feel like, I feel like people just do that all the time. They just go, yep, he had the most points, he's the best player, oh, and we also have the trophy for most points, so. Mm-hmm. I don't have any numbers to back that up mm-hmm. on, like, what years they actually did that, but it feels like it happens a lot and probably too often. Do you want to talk about the Jets? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, actually, yeah, we can keep going for a little longer. Because we've got the Buffalo have, Sabres yeah, coming we have, up. Yeah, we do have the Buffalo Sabres coming up. And you know what happened the last time they played the Buffalo Sabres? Yeah, they somehow lost to the Buffalo they Sabres. Lo- they lost to the Buffalo Kyle Oposo scored twice. Not once. That would be too easy. They scored twice. Once again, just disqualify yourself. Just, nope, yeah, we're done. Like, once that happens, you just automatically lose. But, yeah, um, just please beat Just beat the Sabres. You're the better team. Like, you're not a good team, but you're better than they are. You're better than the Buffalo Sabres. Just beat them. Take care of business. You've got the wild right behind you. We don't have time for you to, to have a sleepy Tuesday night. Exactly. But also, aren't we talking about the home Jets, though? Oh, my goodness. Listen, I will stop bringing up the home Jets once they start winning games at home consistently. Well, now you're asking for a lot. I don't think I'm asking for a lot. I just I want them to win either, some games but, at home. Yeah. It's March. You are March. still in the playoff contention, despite probably pretty slim odds at this point. Correct. I don't have the athletics playoff projections on hand, but... Um, you know, you've got the Sabres, and then you've got a difficult game against Vegas on Friday. So, yeah, uh, I would say this is a great opportunity to pick up points. I would say so, yes. And also, like, there were quotes coming out of the Buffalo camp that, like, after losing last night, like, everybody knew that, like, their season's over. Like oh, everybody, really? Everybody's just, like, super bummed. And let me remind you, they bought Wayne Simmons. They trade away a draft pick to get Wayne Simmons. Like, that's the kind of move you make. That was literally a week ago. Yeah, no, I, I understand. No, I'm saying that, but like... That's, that's the kind of move you make if you're trying to make the... Pl- I mean, not really. It shouldn't be. But it is the kind of move that teams make when they're trying to make yeah, I know. My point was is that it's funny to me that they... Like, bought somebody at the deadline, and literally a week later, there are players like, yeah, our season's uh, over. We're not, I mean, but this team has had locker room issues for years. Yeah, so this is from... Nothing good comes out of this locker room. So this is from John Vogel. Jack Eichel still in full uniform long after every other Sabres player had left the locker room. Realization that it's over is here. Quote, big picture sucks, obviously, end quote, Eichel said. Get him out of there. Ralph Kruger said... Free, free Eichel 2021. 20, now with the unraveling of this road trip, there is a lot of pain here. We feel pain right now. 
So you better go beat the team that's feeling a lot of pain. Inflict more pain. Yeah. Kick them all the way down. To borrow uh, a quote from The Karate Kid, one of the greatest movies of all time, put them in a body bag. Yeah, just... Yeah! End the misery. You're pretending. They're pretending. Just end it. Throw the damn towel. Anyway, beat bad teams. Beat bad teams. It's almost like something that playoff teams do. Sorry, I'm doing research here. I'm just trying to confirm, but I think that's correct. <sighs> you got anything else? 2-1 two, one, two, one Jets. I think. will go 3-1 Jets. How about that? Okay. All right. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us, right? I think so. Okay. Uh, in that case, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Grid for 60 pod Follow TC on Twitter and Instagram at TC904. And follow me on Twitter at BeFarrell727. Uh, also... Check out the Hockey Podcast Network page and as well as, you know, the other podcasts and stuff. And that new uh, Tankathon contest I just retweeted from our page. Check that out. You know, all the things, all the plugs. So, anyway, uh, with that being said, thanks for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.